Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. The most important news of the week was, and I wasn't aware of this, that Yuppie was inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame this week. So there's nothing else we need to start with other than that. I wanna I wanna make sure that we That's congratulate I wanna make sure we congratulate Yuppie because it's quite the accomplishment. I didn't even know there was a mascot hall of fame. I think there's a hall of fame for everything. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. I'm Josh in Toronto. And I'm Skip in Montreal. In today's episode, NFL Wildcard Weekend. Some NBA news. And the World Junior Hockey Championships. But first, a few NHL transactions. Okay, Skip, uh, we haven't spoken in a long time. It's been a few weeks, so uh, a lot has happened in the world of sports we need to catch up on. Mm -hmm. I think I'd like to start with hockey because in the last, I guess, two or three days, there have been a bunch of trades in the NHL, almost like this is the trade deadline, but it's not. The National Hockey League. It is weird because I felt like maybe, because you know there's like this trade freeze that happens around the Christmas time? Yes, I feel like maybe like the GMs were just waiting <laughs> for it to get back into action. I don't know. It's it is a bit bizarre, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Canadians have made a bunch of moves actually recently, and uh, we should we should talk about them. And I guess we could talk about them in reverse order. Yeah. Talk radio here blew up yesterday with the Kovalchuk business. Yeah, because he's he's a big out. name player. I mean, he's got a big name, but you know, he hasn't been an impact player in many years. Correct. But I, I I agree with most of what I've heard on the radio and on television and on the internet that really mm-hmm. it's a very low risk for the Canadians because they're not paying him very much. And, you know, if he sucks, he sucks and that's it. It's over. And if he happens to score a few goals, then it's a bonus. I agree with the fact that it's a low risk. Um, that's financially. <laughs> but the team is dead right now. They are so far out of a playoff spot. They got to leapfrog all these teams. Like, really, they're not going to make the playoffs. And if you still think they are, what you do need to do is take a risk, not make a move that is no risk, right? So, like, they needed a better player than him. By the way, I'm I'm not sure if we even mentioned the name of the player. Did we say Ilya Kovalchuk's name yet on this show? I don't know if we did, but yes, the Canadians acquired Ilya Kovalchuk. Actually, you know, his stats are not half bad. He has 19 goals in the last 80 games, I think, that he played for the Kings. So, so, so I don't I don't 100% agree with you. Um, they are out of a playoff spot, but they're no worse today than they were when they had lost eight no, games no, in a row. And the truth is, the standings are really so close that in a week from now, they could be in a playoff spot. Yeah, or they could be in last. They're they're closer to last in the league than they are to a playoff spot. But really. but a lot of teams are really um, bunched up very close. No, no, you're right. And and the, and the thing is, I guess they're going to use them on the power play. You know, I don't know if you've been watching Habs games recently. You know, Jordan Wheel plays on the power play. <laughs> so does Nick Cousins. Well, I mean, listen, so, when you got Paul Byron and Jonathan Drouin and Joel Armia and now Brendan Gallagher out, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, four out of their top nine are out, basically. So that's 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 definitely makes an impact, you know. So look, I think it's gonna maybe it's gonna energize them 
But like I said, they have a long way to go if they think they're going to make the playoffs. And then the other move that they made was acquiring Marco Scandella from the Sabres, which I just thought was weird because they could have acquired him in the offseason and seemed like they didn't want him. And now they want him. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I think he's an upgrade from what they had. Of course he is. But what have I been telling you for three years? I don't know. What have you been telling me for three years? The biggest failure of Mark Bergevin. Mark Bergevin has made so many great trades, honestly. Like, he's made some really, really great great trades, right? Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because on my notes, I want to talk about some of the past trades. But go ahead with Marco Scandella first. Okay. Look, in terms of trades, he's definitely come out on top on pretty much all of them. But his biggest failure is that the signature trade of the Mark Bergevin regime is when he traded Weber for Subban. Right. And then the problem is... He never put Weber into a position to succeed. They have been searching for a left D partner for Shea Weber since the day they've gotten it, since the day they acquired him. And they thought it was going to be, I don't know, Victor Mete, maybe the first year. I'm not, I don't even, can't even remember, but they've, it's, they've been searching for that left D forever. And at a certain point, you have to realize, hey, maybe we, maybe we need a better left D. And they went into the season knowing that they didn't have it. Right. And now, now they're going to try Scandella. Like it's just, I, I feel it's so short-sighted of the organization where it, they're constantly patching these little holes instead of, like, addressing the that the fact that the foundation is no good, you know? Well, I mean, when the foundation is no good, that's not something that can be fixed overnight. No, and I, and, and Bergevin has said, and I applaud him for this, and I, and, I, and I don't think Bergevin should be fired. I'm not one of these people that are like, get rid of the GM. The, getting rid of the GM at this point is not going to do anything, right? Yeah, I don't he, think he's he already made the moves. Either. And if they fire the GM in two years, maybe they're going to be a contender with all the prospects they have. And then, then Bergevin is going to, everyone's going to say, well, this was Bergevin's team, you know, like, which it is, you know. But the fact of the matter is, he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. That's my problem with him. He wants to. He wants to contend and he wants to rebuild at the same time. You know that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry wants to date the roommate? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And George is like, you, the roommate swap, that's never been done. You, you can't just presume you could do this. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> can't be done, huh? The switch? The switch. <laughs> can't be done. I wonder. Do you realize in the entire history of Western civilization, no one has successfully accomplished the roommate switch? <laughs> in the Middle Ages, you could get locked up for even suggesting it. That's what Bergman is trying to do. He's trying to be a contender and rebuild at the same time. And you just... Did, did he follow the Maple Leafs for the last 40 years to know that that doesn't work? Right? That just doesn't work. No, you're right. It doesn't work. The Maple work, Leafs but tore it to the ground, in his defense, and now we're good. In his defense... Um... It's hard to just tank in a city like Montreal when it comes to hockey. I don't think so. Anyway. The Leafs did it. The Leafs did it. The Leafs, the Leafs after... The Leafs didn't the do Leafs it. Leafs did, did it, after... but not intentionally. Well, that's possible, yeah. <laughs> that's possible. But real hockey fans in Montreal look at it over at what Toronto's done, and they're like, why can't, why can't we do that? Why couldn't we have done that? Meanwhile, I haven't looked at We had so many chances standings. where we could have just gotten rid of guys and started over. You know, cotton ridder guys and started over, and they, we just didn't. Anyways. I haven't looked at the standings, but how many, how many, how many points are the Leafs ahead of the Canadians right now? I don't think it's as much as you think it is. Nine, nine. Okay, so that's a lot. But about ten days ago, I think, or two weeks ago, yeah. the Canadians were ahead of the Leafs, right? <laughs> 
No, of course. Like you said, anything could change. Just that they dug themselves a hole now because there's six teams ahead of them for the wild card spot, as opposed to ten days ago when there was one team ahead, maybe. Well, right? actually, so, actually, the Canadians have a better chance of being one of the three teams in their division rather than being a wild card team. I think that ship may have sailed, but no, no, because yes, you're because right. the two wild card teams are going to come from the other division. I know, but the problem is Boston, Toronto, and now Tampa seems to have gotten their act together. Uh, Tampa's only three points behind Toronto, and they actually have three games in hand on them. So it's really an uphill climb. That's that's just why I, I look at this thing, and they asked Bergevin yesterday, "Are you you think you're going to be sellers at the deadline? And he's like, well, no, we want to get to make the playoffs. We want to do our best. But like, they're going to be sellers. They're going to be. And if they're not, they're stupid, like, honestly. Yeah, listen, whatever. What did you expect going into this season anyway? We said seventh, eighth, or ninth place, right? So, you know, nothing's really changed. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. Everybody that's has their arms up in the air about fire this, fire that, fire this, fire that. It's just you know what did you think this team was going to be? This is where they are. You know, it's just that it sucks because they're not going to make the playoffs again, and that's going to be like four out of five years, which really, you know, it kind of sucks. By the way, you <laughs> so. mentioned you mentioned the Bruins. So for some reason, yeah, Sportsnet shows a lot of Bruins games. I don't know why, but whatever they do. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, you know, sometimes when I'm preparing dinner or whatever i have a tv on and it happens to be a bruins game so i've seen a lot of bruins games i have to tell you while i hate brad marchand the bruins are unbelievable that team i don't see how any team in in their conference is better than them they're a very very well-rounded team the only thing that could derail them is like an injury but that you could say that about everybody but even still they have some depth but they do rely on offense mostly from the first line but you know, right. I've said I've said for at least a year or more, David Pasternak, this guy's unreal. I know, but that's the first line, you know. No, he like, he so, is, yes, but like he's so underrated. Yeah. Like you hear about Sidney Crosby, you hear about yeah. uh, Alex Ovechkin, you hear about yeah. uh, all Connor these McDavid, Drysital. But you yeah. you don't hear about David Pasternak that much. Well, he's the well. I mean, maybe in Boston you do, but you're right on the national level. Well, maybe it's because we're yeah. He's the and, best. He's he's one of the best goal scorers in the league. There's no doubt. And I think he's the only player in the NHL that I'm going to say is underpaid. Well, wait till he wait till they have to pay him, and then we'll see, right? They just they they haven't gotten to that big contract yet with him. Anyhow, so. so he's unreal, and the Bruins are unreal. This they just seem to find ways to win all the time. I don't understand how they do it. It's unfortunate that Brad Marchand's on the team because if it wasn't for him, I actually would have respect for that team. But anyway. Yeah, okay. Meanwhile, Toronto, things are going wild. The Leafs are on a major roll. Everything's like all roses and unicorns and rainbows. Like, they're really, really on a roll. It seems like, you know, anybody... I don't think there was anybody defending um, Babcock at the time he got fired, but certainly they're not now because it seems like the coaching change has really, really, like, just propelled them, you know? Well, yes. Since the since the coaching change, it's been a completely different team. So I guess you have to give some of the credit to uh, Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. Um, he's he's what he's doing is he's actually coaching kind of like if you had your own fantasy hockey team. He's basically just yeah, using his right. best players as much as he can. Right. And he's not worrying about you know spreading out the minutes or resting guys or anything like that. He's just going full throttle. Right. We'll see if that works. I mean, look, everybody knows that 
the Leafs, at this point in the Leafs' life cycle of this franchise, you know, where they're at, uh, a regular season finish, you know, 100-plus points, wherever they finish, it doesn't really mean much because it's all about getting past round one, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, listen, if if the Leafs have to play the Bruins event at some point in the playoffs, I, I can't see how how the Bruins would lose that series. Again, I just said the Bruins are a really good team, and I think they're going to come out of the conference regardless of who they play. Um, right. I think the Leafs would match up better against a team – like Tampa because they're similarly they're they're similar. You know, they they both mm-hmm. both teams rely on offense and the Bruins are more of a you know, kind of like the St. Louis Blues where yeah. you win with with muscle and and grit and not yeah. being afraid to get get in, go into the corners and get the puck and that kind of thing which the Leafs are not a team mm-hmm. like that. That's right. No, oh, you're absolutely right. But meanwhile, don't underrate the Washington Capitals in the Eastern Conference. Oh, no, no. I, I haven't. You're right. I didn't even mention the Capitals, but you're right. I should have mentioned them. And we haven't you know, even talked. Have, we haven't even talked about the Pittsburgh Penguins who've been without Sidney Crosby for almost two months and somehow continue yeah, to win. Yeah. Yeah. Penguins are a huge story because they've not just Crosby. They've just had a rash of injuries, but obviously Crosby's a huge one. And then, you know, like you said, the Capitals actually have a better record than Boston. Um, and they sort of go a little bit unnoticed just because we sort of expect them to be there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so you're right. Uh, the there are there are other good teams in the East. Yeah. Did you want did you have any other hockey notes? I know we kind of got off on a tangent, so I'll let you take the the reins. Yeah, I have a few other hockey notes actually if if you're okay sure. with that. Have you been watching the World Junior Hockey Championships? No. Okay. <laughs> Which is weird. Right, because most of my life it's like been a big deal to watch that tournament around the Christmas time, whatever. But I really haven't been watching. I just, for whatever reason, I just it hasn't like sparked me. That being said, I'll probably watch today. Today's the semifinal. Like I'm kind of like a bandwagon fan now instead of the hardcore, where I'm just gonna watch the the finals and then hopefully the semifinals and hopefully the finals. Well, there's a semifinal going on right now, actually, between Sweden and yeah, Russia. There is right. So yes, and I'll watch the I'll watch the Canada game, which starts in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's been an interesting tournament, and I'm also similar to you. It used to be like appointment viewing for me. I would never miss a minute of a game, and now right. now I mean I've I've watched most of them only because I've happened to be in front of the television at the time. But if I have to do something, I'm not going to cancel plans just to watch a game. I agree. Um, the more the more years go by and the more this tournament, every version of this tournament comes, I, I'm a little bit turned off by it, I think. And just that it's it's so made for TV. It's And, and when I say made for TV, strictly Canada, TSN. It's just so made for TV, the whole thing. The the marketing campaign that they have around it. I mean, you mentioned that crazy commercial with O-Dog. Yeah. When O-Dog was a pup, that just wants to make me throw up that commercial. And it's really like a little bit artificial, you know? Because other countries just don't care about it, <laughs> right? So, so you know, we get that gold medal and everyone's thrilled and it's like no one in the world even knows what this tournament is, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's, it, most most other countries don't care about I mean, other than the players on the team and the coaching staff, of course, they care. Yeah, there's I'm hardcore about- fans in every country that know, but I'm talking about the general, you know, right. general sports fans. In Europe, in Europe, they care about the world championships that happen in May. 
right. the one where most NHLers don't go because they're playing in the playoffs. That's what they care That's about right. in Europe. Yeah, which doesn't make sense to me either. Um, so you're right. And, and that's why this tournament's played in Canada every second year, because Canada cares about it more than anyone else. And um, But anyway, well, what's, been, what, money, what's right? been interesting about this year's tournament, after like every team had played two games, I think, um, there was like a five-way tie for first place in, in Canada's group, which made things more interesting right. because at least it wasn't like a, a fait accompli that Canada was going to win their, their group. Right, and they ended well, up I mean, they ended up winning their group, but I mean, you didn't know that they were gonna. It, you didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a done deal. Well, they lost six nothing to Russia, and then still somehow managed to win the group, which is like means that you know teams were kind of beating up on each other, right? Yeah, and that that makes it more interesting when when the teams are evenly matched. I don't want to see blowouts. I don't want to see a team win a group by whatever so many points. I, I like when when there's close games, and there's been there have been right. close games. Sure. Right. Um, that's true the other thing i wanted to mention this is not so much about the the tournament but more about tsn if you if you only watch tsn like let's say you watch the world juniors and you watch a lot of cfl football and and especially the cfl playoffs and stuff that's only on tsn if, if that's all you watch you would think that the rec laws are the best band since the beatles the who there you go thank you very much have you even heard of the Reclaws? No, I haven't. Okay. But who are they? So they're a Canadian band. I think they're a country band. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I've only heard one or two of their songs. But they right. they they recorded a song just for the World Junior Championships. And they also recorded a uh, song just for the CFL. Um, oh and they Lord. seem to always be featured on TSN. Jay and Dan talk about them all the time. Kate Burness talks sure. about them all the time. And when when you watch any live sporting event on TSN, you'll hear the Rec Laws music being played in and out of commercials. Um, and, and they just, I don't know why they are so hyped, but they are. Wow. Okay. So, I had no idea who they um, were. See, I'm glad you didn't. We texted about that commercial. Yes, we did. About the O-Dog commercial. With the O-Dog was a pup. Yeah. Do you see what I'm talking about? But that Austin Matthews well, jersey? since... Since you texted me, I haven't seen that commercial because that commercial was on like before the tournament started. Since the tournament has started, I haven't seen the commercial. Uh, it's just because I've been watching like other CTV channels and they play it all the time. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's it is deceiving. I may have been wrong. It looks like it looks when you first look at it, you're like, why is there a Team Canada Austin Matthews jersey on the wall? Right, because he plays. He's a U.S. He's American, <laughs> so there's a Matthews 34 jersey right there. You should explain what you're talking about because no one has seen the text you sent me. Well, there's that commercial for the World Juniors, and they talk about all the great Canadian players that have come through: Crosby, Gretzky, and they mention Jeff O'Neill, and then they show you flashes of all different great moments of the tournament. But like, it takes place in like a kid's bedroom, I guess, where he's got posters of people on the wall. Right. And and all team and it's all Team Canada, mostly all Team Canada stuff. But right in the middle, there's this there's Matthews 34 jersey that looks like a black Team Canada jersey. And I was like, what the hell? But then now that I watched it several times, it might be a navy blue USA jersey. And I may have overreacted, but it is very deceiving. Like when you look at it, it's very, very deceiving. There's also like Patrick Laine's in the commercial. So it's not just Canadian yeah, yeah. players. 
that's that's when I studied it. I saw there's a line A, and then they show you, you know, different. They show you a little bit of all the countries for split seconds. One other hockey note, not related to the World Juniors. So, um, you know, a bunch of coaches were recently dismissed of their jobs because of former past bad yeah. behavior. Yeah. And um, what I found interesting was uh, the Chicago Blackhawks had uh, put Mark Crawford on leave or on leave suspension or... or whatever it was called. Yeah. While they yeah. were investigating things that had happened years ago when he wasn't with the Blackhawks. Right. And um, so finally they came out and said that uh, he's going to be suspended and he's going to come back. I think maybe he's coming back this week and it will have been a month that he's been suspended or something like that. Okay. So the reason I'm mentioning this is I, I'm not sure that I understand the the result because apparently they discovered that the things that he was accused of doing, he actually did them. Right. Sometimes you're, you know, people accuse you and it's false, but apparently it wasn't false. And yet they deemed that all that was necessary was a one-month or a two-month suspension, and then they would let him be an assistant coach again or whatever position he held. Um, so I, I don't I don't get it, because if, in fact, he did the things that people are saying he did, and the, all the other coaches who did similar things have been dismissed, how how is he able to continue coaching? And I'm not sure what the right answer is, but it just, it doesn't, it's not consistent. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be consistent. Every team can make their own decision. It's not a league decision, right? So I guess the Blackhawks feel like, you know, um, the suspension is enough punishment. In a way, in a way, it's not that dissimilar to the, it's kind of, the NFL has their own stupidity about this because they suspend the guy. They find out that a guy is beating his wife. The team releases mm. him. And then two months later, or the next year, another team picks him up, right? This is true. This is true. That happens all the time. So it's kind of like f- false rage, you know? Like uh, we're like everyone just forgets, and then we go on our way, right? So I don't know. I guess the Blackhawks—they decided that's what they're going to do. Like uh, it's their own decision, you know? Whether are they going to lose? It's a bit. Are they going to lose fans because they still have Crawford on the team? I don't know. Maybe no. people are going to be pissed. Maybe people aren't going to care. I, I'm not sure. I would be surprised. But you're right. It is. I think it's uncharted waters for the whole league and for all the teams. And I guess teams are just going to have to make their own decisions about what they're going to do. I guess. Anyway, we can move on to other sports. The National Basketball Association. Um, I wanted to talk about the NBA. Okay, good. Well, there's a couple of news in the NBA. I mean, the first thing is that David Stern passed away, which is a big deal, actually. Um, he was the commissioner for, for the league for, like, most of our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and actually, I, I was trying to think of um, who was the commissioner before David Stern. <laughs> you couldn't know. know. You couldn't, you you couldn't know you that without out? looking it up. Well, it's Larry O'Brien who the, you know, the trophy is named after him. Right, right, right. But I had to look that up today. <laughs> so, it, it, I mean, look, it's sad. I mean, like, we, all we can do is talk about his, his legacy, and he built the league, really. He built the league, right? He came, he was a commissioner, started in 84, 
and before he was the commissioner, the playoff games were on uh, time delay, and they weren't even broadcast live, and think about the salaries, how they've gone up, and the TV rights, and everything, and how the NBA is so, like, grown, like, exponentially in in the time that he was commissioner, you know, so, but... Um, speaking of that, <laughs> of how it's grown, the new commissioner has proposed a bunch of rule changes. And when I saw you in person, we talked about this for a second and you were like, what? And you didn't really know about, you knew that something that you had proposed something, but you didn't know all the details. And so we promised, I, I told you that I'd bring it up when we record, you know, because you're always talking about schedule reform and making things make sense. And, and some of the stuff that they're proposing uh, the league is proposing is interesting. Um, so the first thing is they're saying a 78-game regular season. Um, I'm okay Which they that. think is going to alleviate some of the travel and the back-to-backs, which I was like, wow. The fact that they'd even propose reducing four games because you know the league is never going to really go for that. It's like it's kind of nuts, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason why they are proposing the 78-game season is because they want to make an in-season tournament meaning they're going to make some kind of other trophy that they're going to give away, uh, that they're going to award during the season, um, that there's going to be some finance. No one knows the details of what it's going to be. They're saying they'll pay the players. There's going to be a big uh, a big financial reward for, the, for winning. You'll get a trophy. So eventually the trophy will start to mean something. Other people are saying money doesn't matter, that it should have implications in your playoff seating and like no one really knows what it's going to be and they keep they keep using the example of well they do this in europe with soccer but no they don't really (laughs) you know actually they do it they do it in college basketball because there's tournaments all season long in college basketball yeah there are but like those tournaments actually don't mean anything exactly you know you don't you, you don't hear like oh my god duke won the acc big east challenge the acc big east challenge who cares you know no one even knows that's a thing exactly and and and, you know, they keep bringing up the fact that in Europe there's these tournaments and, and the Champions League is not the same thing because that's the champion of each country's, you know, the best teams from each country's league. That's not what this is. This is more like, and now I'm going to be talking another language to you, this is more like in England they have like the FA Cup, which is like a tournament that goes on all year long and it's the Football Association, all the teams in England are part of it and everything and of course it means something and you want to win but you know when push comes to shove the teams that are in contention to win the premier league title use their subs when they play these games right because mm-hmm. they don't want to burn out their stars and risk injuries so you can't say that it means something because it really doesn't mean that much uh so the the in season tournament the nba it's kind of a wacky idea and i'm not really sure they seem really um, intent on going for it, uh, really making it happen. So I'm not, I'm not sure. You know what this reminds me of when you said like they use their subs. Do you remember when yeah. um, the Expos and Blue Jays used to play the Pearson Cup game? That's exactly what it is. Joe Kerrigan, who wasn't even a player on the team, he was a pitching coach. He played in one of those games when he was a coach, not right. when he was a player. Right. Because once upon a time, when they first did the first Pearson Cup game, they probably used all their real players. And then as it went and moved along, along, you know, and if it got to one season where the Expos were in contention of the Jays, they're not going to use their pitchers. They don't even use pitchers now in an all-star game. You think they're going to use them in this, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. So here's the thing. That's a good comparison. So the reason they're doing this is because they want to make the regular season games more interesting because, you know, you got guys not playing, guys sitting out for load management, and 
you know, obviously yeah. fans are getting annoyed because they're paying for tickets and they show up and the best player isn't playing and ESPN right. and TNT are upset because, you know, they, they have these nationally televised games and all these star players are sitting out and whatever. So yeah, the goal is to make the regular season more interesting. One way to do it is yeah. to have fewer regular season games, but of course no one's going to go for that because the fewer games they have, the less money they make. Yeah, so they want to replace it with this. So I have a completely different idea. Mm -hmm, Let's hear it. And this can be used in basketball and can be used in hockey as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be used in baseball too, but I don't think you need it in baseball because only 10 teams make the playoffs in baseball and the regular season already is kind of important. So I don't know that you need to do it in baseball, but you can do it in basketball and hockey. So... Hear me out. It's a, it's kind of a long preamble, but here's the idea. Okay. So um, what you do is right now, 16 teams make the playoffs, right? You play, what is it? Right. Six months or five months. And then you've got two months of playoffs, I think. Something like that. Um, Ish, roughly. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then six weeks of playoffs. Yeah. Right. And then, and then you have, and then you have 16 teams make the playoffs and then you have four rounds. And then of course you have the champions. So, My idea is this. You start the season when you would normally start the season in October. Instead of playing 82 games, you play half that. You Mm -hmm. play, so what is that, 41 games. So the season will end in January, maybe, something like that, around there. Yeah, we're 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 halfway through the NHL season right now. Right, so So the season would end around January. And then at that point... The top eight teams only make the playoffs. Yeah. Right? So so you do your playoffs yeah. in January slash February. You've only got eight teams, so you don't have as many rounds. And then, you know, eight goes down to four, goes down to two, goes down to one. You have your champion that's crowned in February. Okay. All right? So that's that. Then, yeah. right when that's done, you start another season the next day or a week later, whatever. doesn't matter. You play another 40 game season and that will end in this in the spring and then you get again so you everyone starts at zero in february so you play another season 40 games and then you do your playoffs again you have a different eight teams or maybe it's the same eight teams who knows and then you play your playoffs and then you have a second champion and now then you take the champion from the first half and the champion from the second half and they play each other and that's that it's wild. It's very similar it's to like what happened in baseball that year with the with the split season, which actually was, I was just going to say that, which was quite was interesting actually. But what was interesting? Well, that was screwed up because that that had no rules. That was like Vegas rules. They they just figured out. They just had to do something right. because the Cincinnati Reds actually that year had the best record in baseball and they didn't actually win the division in either half. Right, but here you would know in advance going in what the rules are. Yeah. And this way, because it's, because it's the wacky, seasons Josh. are shortened, the, what's that? It's wacky. Oh, well, because the seasons are shortened, each game is actually more important. That's number one. And number two, let's say let's say you're a team that's like you know halfway through the first season, you know, like oh, we got no chance of making the playoffs. Whatever. At least you know that in a month or two, the second season's going to start, and you all start over at zero again. Okay, but then let, let let me take you through like a scenario. So yeah. let's let's use the NBA. 
right? Yeah. Uh, in this 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 thing. So the the Clippers win. Uh, uh, they make the playoffs in season one, mm-hmm. and they win the season one championship. They're oh. the champions of season one, right? Good. Yeah. Why do they even play their players for the next forty-one games? <laughs> well, you're right. They don't have to because they know that <laughs> they know they're in. But I mean, yeah. that's one team. I know. And then what happens if they decide they want to win and they make the playoffs in season two and then they win also? So then there's no championship. They just win. So in that case, then the next best team. It's more prestigious even. They're like, it's like pulling off some rare double-double, right? They're going to name it. The next best team, whoever whoever, whoever, um, had the next best record, those two teams will play each other. Yeah. It's an interesting, I mean, obviously there's, many flaws in your thing but it, it, like like all these kind of details could be sorted out but like wow <laughs> you're, you're they're asking they're asking to shorten the season by four games and they don't even know if it's going to make it through you're asking for a radical redo so well i mean it, it'll end up being the same number of games i'm not suggesting to play no, more no, or less games but i'm suggesting that yeah. the games will be more important because it's a more compacted season. It's almost similar to when the NHL had the lockout and then they came back in yeah. the middle and they only played 40-something games. You know, the fewer yeah. games you have, the more important each game is. And you don't need to do of this course. in the NFL, of course, because they only have, what is it, 16, 16 games in the NFL. You don't need to do it yeah. in the NFL. But I think what for... What happens if guys get traded? What happens if guys get traded? You know, like... That's okay. That's fine. You just continue playing. Maybe the playing. team that wins the season one is not even the same team that ends up playing in the final finals. That's possible. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. You play with uh, you play with the well, roster look, that you I'm have gonna, at the time. I'm not going to blow it out of the water, but I mean, I just it's not. I don't think it's like in this universe. You know, like yeah, I'm sure no one's thinking about it. But you know, yeah. there are other crazy ideas that we use today that no one thought about ten or twenty or thirty years ago. They are proposing two other things that were interesting that I think could happen, which is playing games for the last playoff spots. So like the seven and eight teams, the number seven and eight seeds would need to play the number nine and ten teams to become the true seven and eight seeds. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, which is interesting. And then the other thing is, which I think they could do right away <laughs> without making any other changes, which is reseeding the final four. So they're saying when they get to the final four teams... um, they reseed them according to record, regardless of conference. So, for example, um, if you have all the best year, teams in well, one conference, they don't play each other in the semis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, Milwaukee would have played, probably would have played, would have ended up probably playing Toronto in the final last year, as opposed to uh, <laughs> as opposed to the Golden State. Like it's just it's interesting, like the way you look at it. Yeah, and that makes the regular season more important because then you you have an incentive to try to be the best team so that you yeah. can play, in theory, the worst team left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I like those. I like those ideas. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, like everything, the NBA has to get, you know, the players on board and everything. So we'll see where that goes, right? I don't know. I mean, the NHL, what they've done in, in their regular season to try to drum up interest in meaningless games is they play outdoor games. Well, I mean, I think we're, we've like jumped the shark on those, right? I mean... There's a ton of them. It's it not that, it's, There's be... not just one a year now. There's, there's a bunch. I know. But they're not like... I can't even keep track of them anymore. And I don't think really... I don't think the average fan really cares. 
to be honest. No, you unless, know, unless, unless your team unless is playing in that game, in you don't even know. And you can it. go to it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Not only that, if unless the game is in your city, you don't even know about it. Right. Well, like I knew about the game at the <laughs> Cotton Bowl, but I didn't watch it. I didn't even know about that till just now. <laughs> so anyway, I just think, you know. Who, who played in the Cotton Bowl? Who, uh, who, uh, who played in the Cotton Dallas Bowl? Dallas Stars versus Nashville Predators. When did that happen? On January 1st. <laughs> I didn't even know. Just Can you imagine? I didn't even know. I did not even know. Oh, come on. You must have heard something about it. Nothing. Because I don't watch Sportsnet, and that's probably where they're hyping it up. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Crazy stuff. Okay. I don't know if you what other notes you had, but uh, we can keep going. We can keep going forever. Major League Baseball. Just a couple of things. I, 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 this was already weeks ago, so I don't have any of the details, but I heard a report yeah. that um, robot umpires behind home plate calling balls and strikes, it's going to happen sooner yeah. than you think it's going to happen. <laughs> I told you, they're trying it out in one of the Arizona Fall Leagues, right? Uh, no, I know. We talked about that. But then after we talked about it, there was another report that came out that said, you know, this is going to happen. Maybe not next year, but it's going to happen. Sooner than you think. I can't wait. I'm actually excited for it to happen. Uh, it'll. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna just make things more black and white instead of gray. You know. I mean, listen. If you have this technology, I don't see why you wouldn't use yeah. it. That's the danger because we've seen what some of the technology's done in some of the other sports. You know, look at the NFL and like we have great technology in the NFL. They can look frame by frame, but it's it's gotten to the point where it's like, it's it's like uh, overload. You know, of what I know, they but can this review. is different right now, because per- because what you're referring to is when they review a play and they take five minutes and yeah. it, and, it, and it kills yeah, the yeah. flow of the game. Here we're talking about this a ball instant. and a strike, yeah. and 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 yeah. the technology is such that you know within a split second if it's a ball or a strike, and that's it. There's no five right. minute ta- discussion about it. Ah, uh, I think it's. I think I'm all for it. I'm really all for it. This this the strike zone is literally the most important thing in a baseball game. You know, like, and and I hate the fact that you get into these games and the announcer are like, well, he's got to establish his strike zone and he's got to see where the umpire strike zone is today. Why should he have to do that? <laughs> the strike zone is the strike zone. It's not, a rule. Not it's only clear, that, when you, know? you have when you had pitchers like Steve Carlton or Oral Hershiser on the mound, and, and you know, I'm just naming those yeah. two. Yeah, they would get yeah. favorable calls from umpires. Well, I mean, the, the most egregious ones, if you go back and watch the World Series is from the 90s um, or the playoff games from the 90s with Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox. I mean, Glavin used to get called strikes of, of pitches that were six inches off the plate outside and they would be called strikes. Like, I remember them vividly, you know, <laughs> watching yeah, and saying, yeah, how no, could absolutely. that possibly be a strike? Just because the catcher sticks his glove out there and he hits it exactly where the glove is does not mean it's a strike when it's when it's like way way outside, right? Those. By the, the way, worst. I'm glad you Those mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned the catcher. So you know they have this. Um, teams keep track of this stat, which I didn't realize until about a month or two ago. There are catchers. Right. You know how catchers like to frame the pitch, and so they'll. Yeah. Quickly shift their glove into the strike zone and, yeah. and hope that the umpire doesn't notice. I played notice. catcher. I played catcher in. I played catcher in Little League. That was my specialty. So there are some catchers who are better at this than others. And so of course. those catchers are are highly coveted and get paid a little bit more than, than a catcher who is not able to do it or not able to do it as well. Right. And so now they're saying right. because of this robot umpire thing, 
those catchers won't be valued as much. And, and so there's like three or four or five catchers out there that are pissed about this. Yeah. They're all the catchers that suck that all they do is they say they call a great game or uh, he loves to, he loves to pitch to this catcher. That's all bullshit anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Anyhow. So I just, I, I, I just found that interesting, but uh... sure, 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 sure. What else? I mean, I had a couple of NFL notes, but really just as a fan. The National Football League. Well, that's what we are. We are fans. But yes, it's Wild Card Weekend. You know, this, by the way, today is one of the best days of the year. Now, listen, I'm not going to compare it to the first two days of March Madness because those two days are great. And, and also... No, no, no. Today's a really good day. And also... Because we have Team Canada playing at one and then the Wild Card games, right? Exactly. Yeah. And tomorrow as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the other, the other really good days of the year besides today and March Madness is um, the first two or or four days of the baseball playoffs where you've got like back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Yeah. But for me, it's March Madness. It's the first weekend of, of March course, Madness. Of course, that's, of course, of course. That's, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Wild the Card Weekend. There's, there's uh, you know, there's actually four good games this weekend. Actually, the next weekend might be better because we still have four games next week in the NFL, but presumably they're the better teams, right? So next week in the NFL is still really, really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, believe me, I'm not complaining about next weekend, but this weekend, like you could make a case for any of the eight teams playing this weekend could win. Absolutely. Like there's no, there's Absolutely. no game this weekend where you can say, oh, there's no chance this team's winning. You can't say that about any of the eight teams. No, no, no. And the Vegas line, uh, the Vegas lines uh, support that, by the way, because the spreads are, uh, uh, if I tell you them, hold on. Well, I think the biggest here. spread is New Orleans, Minnesota, which is seven, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's the one game where you could say the Saints are are a legit um, favorite, right? Like of all the games, I have them. That's as fine, but you wouldn't be surprised I mean, if Minnesota the, won that game. Yeah, I mean the Patriots are favored by five, and most a lot of people are picking Tennessee to win the game. I, I mean, I've listened to podcasts this week that are saying, "Is this Brady's last home game in 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 New England?" And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> like, like okay." And um, and then the Texans are are favored by two and a half, and that's really also just because of they're at home, right? Because right. I could easily see the Bills the Bills winning that. And then the most mind boggling of all the spreads is that. Uh, the Eagles are actually a point favorite over Seattle, which is also just because the game's in Philadelphia. Right. And I mean, which is so, I mean, I get it. You know, the home team usually gets a few extra points, but you can really throw that out the window this year because you've seen a lot of home teams, a lot of favored home teams lose this year. No, the home field advantage this year in the NFL is is not really an advantage. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it was so pronounced, but you know, I listened to Bill Simmons, right? And he has um, his guy, Cousin Sal, that comes on every Sunday or Monday to review the week. And they really look at it from a gambling point of view because they pick the lines. And Sal had all these stats about how home field advantage was, this is like the worst year ever for home field advantage, especially if you're betting on games. I mean, I think Seattle lost one road game all season and... They just played yeah. in Philadelphia like four weeks ago and they won. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. What's they changed since won, then? No. They've lost their top three running backs. All three of them are injured. They're on their fourth string running back. Um, Who you're talking about, Seattle? That's what's changed for Seattle. Yeah, that's what's changed for Seattle. I mean, we can't talk about the Eagles' uh, injuries. It's just absurd. Uh, yeah. The Eagles lost uh, 
I, I think I saw the stat. They lost uh, seven out of their f- 14 highest players are injured. So, and I know, <laughs> like and I this, know the you know, Eagles like, won their last four games to make the playoffs, but they beat nobody. Well, they beat Dallas. That That's all. Yeah. They like they beat, really? they beat NFC yeah. East teams, right? Yeah. But they did also beat these teams with basically uh, practice squad players in all the positions, which is pretty like regardless of, regardless of, you know, who they beat, like guys were making catches that like there's a guy this guy Deontay Burnett now this means nothing to you he caught a pass last week a 41 yard catch which is the second longest um pass of the year for the Eagles <laughs> this whole season and I had not heard of him until he caught that pass <laughs> like this guy was on the practice wasn't even on the wasn't even on the practice squad a week ago they signed him that week and played him <laughs> and he made a 40 yard catch so it's just like it's crazy what they're doing with their injuries. Like it's crazy what they've been able to accomplish, you know? So good for him. As you can see, I'm wearing my Eagles hat today and I'll definitely be cheering for them. And I, I give them, uh, like you said, it's anybody could win any game. I really think the Eagles have a very good shot at beating Seattle. Like it's not gonna, I I think they can win the game, you know? So yes, they can. Anybody, anyone, anyone can, can they go beyond this week? Probably not. Like, I think that's about where it ends. But I think given the injuries that they've had, it would be a successful season. Before we sign off, remember, you can listen and subscribe to new and archived episodes of the Skip and Josh podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and of course, Spotify. If you listen to the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you via email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com via Twitter at Skip and Josh, or by liking and following our Facebook page. As always, you can get all the links to everything I just talked about on our website, skipandjosh.com. We leave you with this. What do you got? You got any little uh, nuggets for us to end the show with? I do. Do you remember, it was probably almost two years ago where I gave you, as a gift, the tactical lighter? Of course. I, I use a habit all the time, yeah. So... When I ordered it, they gave me an extra one for free, and well, you gave it to me because you recall that when you when you received it, you got two of them, and you get and you gave me one of them. Okay, so you used it. Well, it's been sitting in its packaging all these years, or whatever how long I've had it, because I've never had any need to light anything. However, a few weeks ago, um, on the first night of Hanukkah, I needed to light the candles, and I didn't have any matches. Right. So I had to open this packaging. And you know, it's the packaging where it's actually not that easy to open. It's one of those things you need. To... No, it's all plastic, hard plastic. The hard yeah. plastic, right? So so I opened the packaging. And then, of course, I have to charge the thing. I didn't realize I had to charge it. So that took two hours. Um, right. So I charged it. And then, uh, and then I used it. And it worked great. It worked great. But the thing that was interesting was the name of the company, I think, that, that distributes the thing is called Emson or something like that. I'm not sure. Okay. The very next day, and remember, it's been sitting in the box for two years. The very next day, I get an email from Emson congratulating me on purchasing this tactical lighter. Now, I purchased it two years ago. That's mental. That's mental. So clearly... (laughs) That's crazy. Clearly, when I plugged it in to charge it, something Something must have got triggered, and and it's connected to my email address... Because how else would they have been able to send me that email? 
I can't believe that. That's nuts. And that was it was it was it was it was kind of scary actually because like it's not a coincidence that I opened this thing and used it for the first time and then the next day I get an email from them. Holy crap, that is wild. But I've used mine and I've charged mine. Yeah, but you didn't order it. I did. They don't have your email address. But wouldn't you have gotten the email when I charged it? That's true. I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> it's like if this is like this is like next level stuff right now, honestly. By the way, I started getting an email a day from them afterwards until I finally unsubscribed. So it wasn't just that oh, one boy. email. So you didn't buy the tactical flashlight, the tactical glasses? No, I didn't buy any of that stuff. All that stuff. You didn't go full tactical? No, I didn't. <laughs> but the fact that I got that email the day after opening the box and charging that thing, it's like, so, so yeah. basically... Like there's no there's no semblance of privacy at all. Like somebody out there knows every single thing I'm doing. Like when I turn on my television, when I take a shower, when I eat a bagel. Like someone out there knows so, every single so, thing that I am doing. So it it's I've I've already resided myself to the fact that like when I look up stuff on the internet, whether it's on my phone, whether it's on my computer, whether it's on an iPad, because like it's all connected through like my same Google account, I guess, or mm-hmm. things are connect. I, I don't know, right? Doesn't matter where I look it up. When I go on Instagram on my phone, I'm gonna get an ad for whatever I've just looked up. A hundred percent. That happens. That happens daily, and I've I've just like accepted that. Fine. But this is like another. This is like uh, AI. You know, this is like the lighter has the mind of its own. And <laughs> and tell. So as you know, I have uh, the Google. Uh, home thing, you know, ask Google, like it's listening to you all the time, you know, it's, it can answer questions for you. Hey, Google, uh, what's this? What's that? Tell everybody what you think about that. Well, it's it's listening to everything you're saying. Even if you don't say, hey, Google, it's still <laughs> listening to everything you're saying right now. Right, right now. It has well, to because it has to, it's listening for you to say, hey, Google. So it has to be listening to everything right. else. So they know everything I'm doing in my house. Right now, I don't know if they can actually see you, but they can certainly hear you. Mm -hmm. And for all you know, maybe they can see you too. Like maybe this lighter has a little built-in camera on it that I don't know about and it can see me as well. It's really wild that you got an email from the lighter company the day after you charged it. By the way, it's not just the lighter company. It's all, it's Emson who distributes all these fancy gadgets. It's not just lighters. Right. No, no, the the full tactical tactical line of products. Ready for you. All right, so that's episode 162 in the books. So we're going to release that as soon as possible. And we are going to also put out this week our Best of 2020 awards, which we uh, best of were a little bit uh, delayed on. Yeah, Best of 2019, sorry. Yes, the Best of 2019 awards, which we are a little bit uh, delayed on uh, delivering, but it's coming. Believe us, it's coming. I, I, I want to mention something because um, even though like every television network and every radio station and every website and, and every newspaper has released their you know best of 2019 or best of the decade, they released it weeks ago. Um, yeah. It's good that we waited because all those other um, outlets, they didn't factor in things that happened, you know, let's say after December 20th or after December 25th. I don't think I'm, I don't think that changed any of my. Oh well, it could change things for movies, TV that maybe you watch something, right? Over Christmas. Or, or for example, best play of the year. Really? Well, you'll see when we finally do that episode what I'm talking about. 
Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, happy new year, Josh. Happy new year to you too. I'll talk to you uh, next week.